Welcome to Run It Again, Episode 6. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Marks. Coming up, we'll discuss the civil unrest in the nation's streets and around the world as justice is demanded for the death of George Floyd. Plus, the NFL owner's financial dilemma and some MLB owners are willing to cancel the 2020 season. Don't forget to visit runitagainpodcast.com and make sure you hit that subscribe button. You're listening to a Benstown McVeigh Media Podcast Network production. We'll be back after this message. There are families that will go hungry tonight. Every day, people who have been affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. The need is greater than ever before, and your neighbors need your help. Donate today to support communities facing hunger during this time of uncertainty. Every dollar you give can provide at least 10 meals to children and families in need through the Feeding America Network of Food Banks. Please make a donation today at feedingamerica.org. Thank you. Get ready for the Learn It Again podcast. Huddle up! Huddle up! Every week. You'll be hearing stories that take you beyond the daily sports grind with unique insight from former NFL star and broadcaster Ron Pitts. Just feels like the college football season discussion gets more and more complicated. And the mastermind behind the greatest show on turf, Super Bowl winning coach Mike Marks. I do think professional sports has such an impact on the American psyche that I think everybody's going to want to try and get this up and running in some version of it. We'll connect you directly to the source and tell you what's really going on. The biggest issue is, and I think this is important, is they're not exposed to family either. Oh boy, that's going to be interesting. With conversations and tales from guys on the inside. So click the button to subscribe for free and you'll get episodes sent straight to your phone every week. It's Run It Again. Welcome to Run It Again. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz. Man, well... (laughs) I guess this is uh, this is definitely run it again Tuesday because we, we feels like we run this story back over and over and over. weren't we just talking about the black minority coaches situation in the NFL a couple weeks ago, Mike? And yes, we were in and all that, and now this uh, the George Floyd situation has has uh, has taken on, I guess the. The correct term is is a, is another life. It's uh, it's definitely gone to a new level, and and rightfully so in in a lot of people's eyes, in my eyes. I, I know I can I can't speak for everyone else, but and it's it, it's it's interesting because we we are in many ways as a country. This incident makes me feel like we're right back where we were many years ago. We thought we left this in the '60s. We thought we left some of this in the '50s, but it's a lot of it's still here. Well, I think uh, there's a couple of things looking at this. You know, of course, this is the world according to Mike, but I think, by and large, certainly there's a problem. But I don't believe yeah. that overall that there had been an acknowledged problem. By the mm-hmm. masses, you, you with me on this? Now? Yeah. So, yeah. What like when Colin Kaepernick, that whole thing in San Francisco, you know, everybody come out. You know, a lot of people support him. You know, there's a problem, but by and large, the masses because it doesn't affect their lives, they don't really see it as a problem. They may talk about, it, but they don't really see it. 
So what's happened now in my mind is this here, it's right in your face. You can see it. It is a problem. Right. And so I think uh, that's a big, I think it's a, as tragic as it is, it forces everybody to recognize that there is indeed a problem. Whereas maybe when this whole thing with Kaepernick was going on, a lot of people didn't really believe or want to believe it was a problem. You know, that's a stretch for me to say that, but that's just kind of how I look at it. Well, now I think we need to look at this as a whole. At all of us, there's no question that there's a problem. You you can't ignore this. You can't explain this away. There's a problem. Right. Now, to me, the next step is the solution. What do you do about it? You know, now that there's, and I think that's, that was a lot of what was going on is, you know, quietly, there's a lot of people didn't want to acknowledge this as really being a problem. That's right. Well, here it is. It's right there in front of you now. It is a problem. We all acknowledge that. Now uh, we're motivated to come up with a solution. How, how do you deal with this? And how do we rectify this? How do we move on and get better? And that's kind of how it's probably an oversimplification, but that's kind of how I look at it. And yeah. How do you feel, Ron? No, it, it's not an oversimplification, Mike. I think you hit it right on the head. And, you know, it's the analogy I use is a, is a tsunami. Okay. So you're, you're at the resort and you're on the beach and everyone's having a good time and you get a warning on your phone that there's a tsunami coming and it'll be here in two hours. Okay, well, I, you know, the birds are chirping and the sun's out and that tropical breeze is blowing and I, I, you know, I'm not getting anything else from my friends and no one said anything from the resort security. So the party continues. An hour later, you get another warning. Look around, same situation. And then about five minutes later, here comes the tsunami and you're swimming and you're in trouble. That's what I, I, I relate this to. A lot of people, a lot of people understood the magnitude of this a long time ago, long time ago. But I think until people can really see it, and I think television, I think social media, I think all this stuff helps. When people can really see it and it's in their face, then it's that aha moment. I'm still not quite sure why it took this long, but it is what it is. I was reading a story this morning, Bobby Wagner, Pro Bowl linebacker, arguably one of the best players in the NFL. He had a great article and he went out to this past weekend and joined in one of the protests because he didn't want to rely on the narratives that he was getting a out of, out of the the white house B out of uh, the newspaper locally and C out of TV. He wanted to experience it for himself. And he, he went through the protest and it it was, it was very eye opening to him. He said it started peacefully then there was violence. And the initial violence didn't start from a person of color. It started from a white person. But then it morphed into what he felt was a dangerous situation, and he had to get out, and he, he left the protest. But the, the point of the story there, Mike, is here's a guy who, who represents something that we all like, professional football. And he, he's not immune to the feelings, the emotions that this thing is bringing on to people, as none of us are. And I think there's a lot of people that, that want to say, okay, I, I need to see what this is really about.
about now? What what is this? He um, immersed himself in the protest, which I, I'm sure the 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 Seahawks organization didn't. That wasn't their first choice. I'll, I'll say that. I, I don't know if he spoke to them about it before he did it, but I I, I couldn't imagine that that's the greatest PR move that, for them right now that they wanted. But that's what he wanted to do. So it just. It, it, it just speaks volumes, Mike, of, of where the mentality is right now for a lot of people. And it's, it's painful. It's, it, it's, it hurts. It's, um, it's frustrating for, for all of us. And the question now is, what's the next step? Well, I think that's exactly right. You know, and, and like we said earlier, both, both of us were talking about, you know, the acknowledgement of that the, there's a problem there. And it's been here for a long time. Has it gotten better in some cases? Eh, who knows? But it's there. And now you can't turn your back on it. You can't look away. It's there. And you got to deal with it. And you got to figure out a way to solve this and move on. Yeah. You know, and, and the, in the past, you know, time, people just, well, it'll go away. Yeah, you know, you just kind of let it go. And then it keeps popping up. We can't do that anymore. It's you can't go on like that. Yeah, we have to look yeah. forward to this and figure out how to resolve this. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and get together and and uh, you know come up with some solutions with this. But the thing that's hard to watch, though, Ron, to be honest with you, is um, these people that protest and rightfully so, and then it's, they're used as a vehicle for these other people to come in and that's and have right, nothing to do with it. That's right. And you can't equate one with the other. You can't because there's riots, you know, and, and protests are two different things and yeah. they're, they're just being used. And that's hard, you know, that's hard to watch. And so you, you have to keep that line separating the two of them and not let the two of them commingle because it's, it's just not the way it is. You know, yeah, that's, that's but right. But the media yeah. does a bad job of that. Yeah. I think they yeah. do a very bad job of that. And I think that, uh, you know, George Floyd and what happened with him cannot be lost it, with all this, you know, the burning and the rioting and all that stuff that has nothing to do with, the, you know, the protests. Yeah. And, and Mike, now I'm noticing here a lot of the NFL has obviously spoken and Roger Goodell and the league made a statement and he's been criticized on, you know, from the, people who didn't understand how the league reacted to the Colin Kaepernick situation a few years ago. So I, I can understand why, why that happened. Uh, there's some positive things that have come out of it. Uh, uh, Steven Biscotti with the Ravens and the Ravens organization, you know, they've made a pledge for quote unquote social justice and change. Jed York, uh, same thing with the 49ers, the same type of pledge. Again, uh, as soon as they try to m- do something positive, they're immediately hit with a negative. And Jed York, he, he wasn't uh, left out of that fray. People, again, right. began to attack him immediately because of the Colin Kaepernick situation. And that's just going to be how this goes. We we understand that. Um but I, I know, do. Th- yeah, I'm sorry. Go see, ahead. I'm sorry, Ron. If I can just add to this thing with the 49ers real quick, because yeah. I just didn't mean to interrupt you, but it just hit me that I don't, I don't know that Jed really fully understood, as a lot of these owners, until they saw this this clip, right? 
And then right. it made it real. I don't think that this has been real for a lot of people. And now all of a sudden it's, it's, they acknowledged it. I don't think they really understood it. It was just words and I don't think they really got it. Now there is a problem. They realize that there is a problem. And whether it's disingenuous or not, I don't know. Uh, hopefully it isn't. But they're, may, they're, they're trying to do the right thing. Is it disingenuous? Yeah. I don't know. But at least it, it looks like they're trying to do the right thing. And, and to be ridiculed for it, and I know the, the, you know, the commissioner came out and, uh, with his statements and he got blasted. Uh, where were you? You know, Colin, let's move forward. Yeah. Let's move forward and and uh, and keep this thing in a positive and not let his death be in vain. It, it, you know, maybe that's the start of a change in our country and right. you know, a complete social change. Yeah. And you can, to your point, Mike, you can see it, but you have to believe yes. what you're seeing. That That's the key because the images have been there. They They were there. Boy. We can go all the way back to Rodney King and even further than that. They've seen it. The images are there, but there's always been a side narrative. There was no side narrative for this. You there was no explanation. Somehow. Yeah, exactly. Right. There's right. no excuse. There's no, there's no answer. And, and that's when they bring in the other cops that were watching. So that's all a part of this. But it does, it does open everyone's eyes. And you can see that for the first time. My, I, I, I have seen protesting of this degree with all colors. In the past, it's been one minority group protesting, seemingly. That's, that's what it's been. But this is different. And I was talking to my boys about this the other day. This is black. This is white. This is, this is Latino. This is women. White women are in the forefront with fists up. I've never seen this type of diversity in in a movement, in a protest ever. And that in itself is what makes this completely different. And again, it just keeps speaking back to your point. That means everyone has, has got it now. So now where do we go with it? Yeah. And that's, I think that's the key point. You know, I don't, where do we go from here? Yeah. We, we don't want to go back and keep, we, we want to move on and have a solution and, to this point, you can't have a solution if you don't recognize there's a problem. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing here is that the problem has been brought and made real for everybody. You can't turn your back on this. You can't explain this away. And there is a problem. Now where do we go with this? Yeah. And yeah. This, maybe we're motivated now to get this, uh, you know, get it righted. Yeah. And it's not just in this country, too. It's it's global. Yeah. That was another thing that, that kind of surprised me. But the global... Um, the global uh, support for it. And, and, and I think that's just speaks to social media and, and, and communication in general. It's uh, people know what's going on across the globe. Now, back in the day, they, they didn't, but, but now they did, you know, that's one thing I always appreciated about an NFL locker room and the team aspect of playing professional football in any, in any, in any team sport, any level, but particularly the NFL, because there were always so many cultures and guys from different areas and different socioeconomic situations in that locker room. And yeah, there were differences. Of course, there were. I mean, we used to, we used to have, okay, it was, it was uh, you know, R&B rap music on Monday in the weight room. And then on Tuesday, it was country. When then on Thursday, it was hard metal. We, we went through that. But the beauty of it is, 
when all of those guys are on the same page and focused on one goal, which is winning, none of that matters. None of, none of that matters. And that's, that's what I, I kind of long for here when, when none of that matters and we're all focused on the same goal and situation. No question. I think it's a great point. I think being in a football locker room over a number of years as a player, and for me it was in high school and college. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, as a coach to some extent. But uh, to be in that locker room changes your perspective in a lot of ways, on a lot of things. But there's a brotherhood that uh, that becomes, especially, um, you know, as you move on and, and get older, there's a brotherhood that develops that, that divides any kind of border. Sure it does. Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful one, man. It especially is. especially when you're winning, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. I oh, confess boy. it's his fault when when you don't. So. Yeah, my, my first year in Buffalo, it it was oof. to say the locker room was fractured and divided was an understatement. It was uh it was this guy there, that guy there, and and you know, you had fifty seven different individuals. But as we started to win it, things changed and, you know, people changed. The, the organization brought in different people and different types of guys. And I think this is what they talk about when they say, okay, it's important to bring in a certain character of guy because you want someone that can get along with people. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that he's got to be like you. I'm not saying you guys are going to go the same place after practice is over, but you darn sure better be able to come together you know, for two and a half hours on that practice field and, and, and two and a half hours, three hours on game day. Yep. I think uh, what it does is it allows you an opportunity for all of us to identify when you're in that locker room to identify with each other. And then that, that moves on to uh, being able to identify with each other when you're off the field as well. Yeah. Something if you don't experience that locker room that you, the average person doesn't go through. Yep. All right, Coach, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more Run It Again after this message. Not too long ago, there were people who never dreamed they would need help feeding their families. But then the pandemic hit, and their income suddenly stopped, leaving them with no means to buy food. Now, these are people you know, your neighbors, but you can help. If you donate just $1, you can provide at least 10 meals for these people through the Feeding America network of food banks. Imagine what $10 would do, or even 20 Please donate today at feedingamerica.org. Thank you. Run It Again is an inside look at the players, the coaches, and the business of sports with former NFL star and broadcaster Ron Pitts. And two minutes later, I was back in the same Oklahoma drill that I got the concussion from. And the mastermind behind the greatest show on turf, Coach Mike Martz. And we wanted to force him into a vanilla defense and go to work. Run It Again is a hard-hitting, no BS podcast that connects you directly to the source. This is Run It Again. Welcome back. You're listening to Run It Again. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz. So now what does this, Mike, do to the college football season discussion? And, and really, I guess all sports, I should be fair there and say all fall sports uh, for college. But obviously the hot topic has been college football. Does, does what, does what ha- is happening now socially, does this make that more or less likely is what do you think i don't know that's a that's a great question i think it's still you know the 
the engine that drives this thing it should be health issues period yeah and uh, any decision on that should be based on you know the season should be based on you know what they tell us about how safe it is for these kids to compete and come back to school and then how this I don't know, you know, Ron. I I, can't, I just don't know. I, I yeah. really, it's a good question. I don't know how it would impact it. I really don't know how long this goes on. Right, right. Yeah, that's it, it's it, just as we were about to lift out of the the COVID nineteen thing, and things were starting to open up, and training was about to begin, at least for the colleges. Now this happens, so like you said, we'll have to wait and see. There's more there. The NFL owners, uh, it feels like they're in a little bit of a dilemma because while they're talking, well, we we anticipate playing in front of full stadiums. We anticipate starting the season on time. Uh, I I don't know about that. And I I think what they're really saying is we want to make sure we can maximize our our dollars. We want to remain billionaires at the end of this. Yeah, I I think that – Personally, I don't know how they can play the season with the full stadium or with people in the stadium. I don't I either. Think it's, you know, I think from a, a, you know, and I don't know anything about, you know, the safety part of it from a medical part, but can you imagine, for instance, a, a 65,000 people in the stadium and maybe there's five or six or maybe there's 30 in there that have, can you imagine exponentially the how that will transmit? I, I can't. It goes it, against everything they've talked about safety-wise. Right. So the the whole motivation, of course, that $5 billion um, income, you know, the debt that's going to be shared by those 32 teams that they're going to miss out on. If you don't have people in the stands, that's just something you're going to have to swallow and, and leverage against. Or, you know, you've got 32 billionaires that are – you know, the value of the team obviously isn't going to diminish, but, you know, for this season, if however you get through it, it's like everybody else in this country. You know, you got people that both in a couple, both parents have lost their jobs and they're trying to get through. Yeah. I mean, we all, you know, everybody's got to tighten the belt a little bit and $5 billion is a lot of money now, but yeah, you know, you can't play a season and put people in the stands based on, money and put people at risk you just can't do that it's just not ethical i i don't see how it is but all of those carrots that, that you talk about are out there the tv money tv revenue money the merchandising money you know all that stuff begins to add up for them well i can i just i feel like they can play i just it's just like soccer over in in europe you know right i, I think it'd be one of those things where I, I and i think they can but because you can control all the factors for the most part that you need to around those teams, unlike uh, college, you know, the, you know, so I think you they can salvage your TV contract, maybe with some advertising, do, do whatever, but, you know, to, to try to, to put a dent in that, you know, $5 billion debt by putting 20,000 people in there and trying to squeeze more money out it of it. Doesn't, nah, it doesn't do much. I don't see it. It looks pretty difficult when when you're out there without a job right now, trying to make ends meet, yeah. and they're not willing to do that. It just doesn't look good. Yeah, and and, and now again, I, and, I mean, this is part of our discussion. I'm not going to ignore it. The NFL owner has to account for the mentality of his his team, not just his African American players, but the entire team. 
with the George Floyd situation. Now, that's an, a whole new dynamic that has now spun into the equation. And, and, and as a coach, Mike, have you ever, ever had to go through anything like this during a season or in a period of time during a season? No, nothing from a race standpoint. Um, yeah. Nothing, no, no, not really. The only thing that we had, of course, is the 9-11 situation that created havoc. And, you know, we yeah. basically called the commissioner and our guys asked me to do it just yeah. to tell them that we're not playing. Yeah. I don't – I think that like we just talked about, Ron, when you get in that locker room, it's just a different environment. It's kind of the way things should be. Yeah. You know, on the outside. Yeah. And if the, the players are in tune and the coaches are in tune, the locker room should correct itself. I'm a firm believer of that one also. We, we had some discussions about that. And in every team I've been on, when there was a problem, if it, if it were the right team, Mike, if, it, if, if they, you had the right guys and, and they were playing well and things were going in the right direction, and even if things weren't going in the right directions, if you had the right guys, they could fix that locker room for you. Because sure. there's some pretty powerful personalities in there. Strong, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's been my experience in, in all my years of coaching. I've never experienced racism, racism in, in the locker room in sports. I, I just, it's not been my experience. Now, maybe yeah. I'm dumb to it. Maybe I didn't know. But, uh, like, when you cross that door to come into the locker room, it's just a different environment. It's just yeah. people are just different. Yeah. And, and anything that did pop up, and I'm just speaking on, on my part of it, anything that did pop up, it would get squelched pretty fast. That, that's what I remember, and that's that's oh, wouldn't be tolerated. Just yeah. would not be tolerated. Yeah. and that's the way it should be because it, it just there's it's hard enough to win and play <laughs> when no when fifty seven are on the same page, man. You can't you can't survive that. No. Uh, I'm Ron Pitts with the coach Mike Marks. Be sure and join us every Tuesday for a new episode of Run It Again. Let's take a closer look. Now, speaking of survival now, let's bounce over to the uh, MLB owners. They, they've got a little bit of a situation going on here, the, the owners and the players. Uh, apparently, they're, they're still in negotiation here, and uh, they've asked the players to think about taking yet another pay cut, or I should say pay adjustment. And the, the players are like, uh-uh. No, the, the, things feel like they're getting sour, Mike. <laughs> I got to tell you a quick story. When I was at, I got a scholarship to go to UC Santa Barbara, and they gave out 20 full rides to junior college players. And right. we, um, I was part of that group. And of course, it wasn't well received with the 100 guys that were there on partials. But <laughs> yeah, anyway. I bet. Yeah. So I remember, I remember in my, I was in my dorm room, and the senior captain, his room was next to mine. And uh, I could hear through the wall, the chancellor was in there talking to him. And all I did was complain about the coaches and this was wrong and that was wrong. And they were, they were trying to, because we're in a good conference. We're in with San Diego State and Fresno State and all that. So, yeah. And uh, they're trying to stay competitive. And, and all I did was complain and complain. And so we got in the morning and I go to breakfast and they said, um, they dropped football, you know. Oh. So it, it's kind of interesting, you know. You, the whole approach to it, you know, the effect of it, you, you have to understand where that's going. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, the, the owners are saying they uh, they are considering canceling the season now. 
Exactly. Yeah. So these <laughs> these guys are complaining about money, and which doesn't look good in this at this day and age. You know, with, with what's going on, and the players are it just doesn't come across right. Like we were talking about the owners of the NFL. You know, does not come across good. And they yeah. we all got to give a little. And you know, if they're going to play, these these players are going to have to acquiesce to something. And um, if they don't, then it's it's not going to be good. Yeah. Yeah, the players' proposal is a 50-game season, but the owners want an 82. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they want they want to make that money. and yeah, Bang and, for and, your buck, right? Oh, and on top of this, now, the, the, the big, big difference, though, between the two sports right off the top is, is guaranteed contracts. MLB has been known for their guaranteed contracts, and NFL is not known for guaranteed contracts. So that puts a different spin on it right sure there. Yeah. But the two, they're going back to the negotiating table. Their their CBA, their collective bargaining agreement, uh, will expire in 21. They're going to be right back at the table. So a lot of this is posturing for that moment as well as trying to possibly get through this moment. And that's why there's such an impasse now. Yeah, and they were trying to get a kind of a Band-Aid for just a one-season agreement mm. and then going yeah. to negotiations, which, you know, but they've been so far apart owners and, and uh, these clubs and players, no other professional organization is is this ugly in negotiations. You know what I mean? Baseball yeah. has yeah. been ugly for many, many years. You know? Yeah, and, it has. Yeah. And, they, you know, they risk a chance of uh, taking a mulligan on the season like hockey did uh, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, now, hockey that's was weird. in really bad straits financially, and that's where it ended up. Yeah. Yeah, well, the NBA now they're voting Thursday uh, to decide which teams go to Orlando. You know, their plan is to go to Orlando, the the Disney facility there, sports facility, and finish the season and and start up the playoffs. But now they have to decide what teams will go and exactly how the format is going to be once they get there. Wow. So if, I, if I'm be, a team that doesn't get voted in, what do you do? Do you still go and practice? I mean, what do you do? <laughs> you pack your stuff up. Your season's over. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to yeah. go to Disneyland and go on all the rides. I'm going to get the e-ticket going on, you know. <laughs> what do you, what do, you right? do? Anyway, right, right. Oh, my gosh. And and out here on the West Coast, obviously everyone was talking Laker before the, the, the virus and everything, and they were, you know, they were off and running. They were having a, a, a nice little year, and the – the Warriors were down with injuries, and all of a sudden, it just finally, for Laker fans, that moment was here. You know, they were going to yeah. have their resurgence, and then wham, you know, the whole world turns upside down, literally. And so now it's we're down to this. Who gets to go to Disney World? Yeah, they completed yeah. about 80% of their season. Now, you know, this delays a lot of, a lot of these guys that had injuries. And yeah. maybe would miss time in the playoffs. Now everybody's healthy, and I kind of had to laugh a little bit because they they were talking about the potential of injuries now because of the layoff. Well, first of all, these professional athletes, you know, as you well know, being when yourself in the off season, nobody had to tell you to work out or stay in right. great shape or anything like that. And the other thing yeah. is, even though it was that way, they're all the same. You know, if yeah. you don't have a certain amount of practice time, everybody's got the same amount of practice time. So if, if it's going, it might be a little sloppy or ugly, but I just don't see it resulting in more injuries. I just, that's not been my experience. It's all relative is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is right. Yeah. Well, see that we, we have that discussion here 
with my boys here that, you know, they're in college and playing and, you know, they're worried about, well, what if this team gets to start before we do and we're going to need so many months to train and this and that. And I, I don't see it that way. I, I think with the, the advances that have been made in training and facilities and the knowledge of how to train in nutrition and all of that stuff, I, I don't know that they need as much time as they think they need. I, I, I don't see them needing more than a month. No. And then it, they should be ready to go. Yeah, it's just skill refinement. But in terms of yeah. creating a, a, an issue where there's more injuries, no. There's just no way because everybody's in the same shape, basically. Right. Right. Uh, the only thing that you're going to – it might be sloppy from a skill standpoint, but if, if somebody's going to camp to get in shape, those those days died in the 1980s. That, that didn't yeah. happen anymore. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No. He no. <laughs> said died in the 1980s. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I remember those days. Selling wow. insurance in the off season, and then you play professional football <laughs> or selling cars or whatever, you know, like they did in the sixties and seventies, and you know. Hey, that's right. Dad, <clears throat> my dad, he uh, he was toward the end of his career there in Green Bay. And I remember we were living down in Milwaukee, and uh, one day uh, he he's all dressed up in a suit and tie and everything, and I said, "Dad, where are you going? The the season's over." He said, I'm going to work, son. I was like, what do you mean work? I thought your job was a professional football player. He said, no, no, I got to I gotta keep making money. And he had a job at uh, the Pabst Brewery. Remember Pabst Beer? Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Remember, that was, I still drink it, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, we had a tap in the bottom of our, uh, in our basement that I, yeah. I, I'm sure that Dad might have suspected now and then, why is his keg was going lower <laughs> sooner than, than maybe he would have thought? Because uh, me and my buddies would run down there and get a little taste every now and then. But, yeah, that was that was big. And, and all of the, the Packer players, as you can imagine, they would work for Slits, Pabst. Who else was back there? I mean, those were the big ones, Slits and, oh, and yeah. Pabst back there. Those were old, old Milwaukee breweries. Yep. And some of those guys, they created their – lifetime career when their careers were done you know what i mean yeah. they yeah you know whatever it was they were involved with they that's what got them into their lifelong career afterwards you know, they yeah were working the off season yeah yeah not enough said well we're uh, we're just about out of time here uh before we go uh, th- this this one last topic here and it's just something that's been on my mind uh, regarding the virus, okay, because like I said, it, it, hopefully we are on the other side of this thing and there are no more uh, outbreaks and flare-ups down the line here. Uh, I, I don't know how the protests are going to affect that. That's that's a, a serious issue to be pondered. But uh, one of the things that bothers me is, is this pandemic led to an excuse, like a quote-unquote organic excuse to fire people because of the, the word furlough and the word reduced salary and reduction in salary has, has been a mainstay in the last couple of months. And, and I understand how, how that, how that can happen, especially when the government says you have to, uh, you, you have to cease work. You can't operate your business and you're forced to shut down, but it feels like, and, and, and a lot of people keep saying this, well, uh, all of those people that left that building, 
aren't going to be coming back. And that just that, that pains my heart when you know so many people rely on that job, rely on that income to support their families. Well, the economy was doing so well. You know, every mm-hmm. was going, everything was going so well that when this hit and then all these employers, they can't take the hit. They can't recover from it. And that's the stimulus checks, as you know, the, the billions of dollars that they, that went out, you know, that, that went dry right away. Yeah. And the, yeah. a lot of these businesses just couldn't survive. So these people can't come back. And I don't know how you get restart that. They were talking today, this morning, about 10 years before, you know, this, we get back to that ten level where years, yeah, 10 years before, you know, we have that kind of employment again. I don't yeah. know if that's accurate or not, but the thing I do know from what's happened is the experts don't know. Yeah, that's what, that's right. That the experts don't know. know. You're listening to Dr. Fauci and God bless him. I know he's a great doctor, et cetera, but we need to flatten the curve. And before, well, we flatten the curve, you know, and when you flatten the curve, what does that mean? Does that, it means that medically now we can stay up with everything. Well, that came and went. And there's always a different idea about, you know, from experts about how you get it. Well, you don't get it from contact. Well, you do, you don't, you don't know what to believe anymore. It's just hard because there's no voice out there that's really accurate all the time. And there's so many voices from so many different areas that it's, it's overwhelming. Well, and you'd like the media just to, instead of trying to get something sensational and to outdo each other, just to try to, instead of just being on a downer the whole time or trying to be positive, find something that you can hang on to that's accurate and good and give you hope. <laughs> you know, but. Well, well, right. My, it's like, I, I, t- I think I said this on our last show. I talked to a nurse last week and she said, everything you're being told by the CDC and all of these experts is wrong. Because we're being told something completely different as nurses. So now, wait a minute. Yeah. You're telling me as a nurse, I'm not supposed to uh, w- wear these gloves and I'm not supposed to wash my hands with this soap or this antibacterial. I'm not supposed to do this and that. But they're saying something completely different. Exactly. And that's what's frustrating to me. Now, I, mean, I saw this uh, on the news last night. What will be interesting, and I don't mean this. I, I mean, tragic is really the word. Uh, what will happen after all these protests? If there well, that's is a spike, right, right, know? yeah. If there yeah, isn't that's... a spike, <laughs> you know, I, then well, a lot of the stuff that we've been told well, is not well, accurate. Somebody was BSing then, right? Nanner, nanner, <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, man. Always fun. Uh, I think we got the whole world figured out, right? Well, well, at least. Long enough for me to go out and start shooting some basketball so I can take the, the pitsy on. Oh, no, 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 no. You see, stay, stay with the seven iron. You don't want any part of this heat, okay? I've been shooting guys' eyes out up here now. Wow. Wow. I think that three-point line is a pretty short line. <laughs> you, think it, you think it got moved up, huh? I think it's up pretty doggone close in the pits household. Well, like you say, it's all relative. It is. Oh, hey, yeah. they're they're shooting from the same three point line. So, do you think yeah. if I talk to the boys this afternoon, I'm going to get the same story? Because I think there's just one mouthpiece here. Yeah, yeah, uh, you yeah, make it a different version. Yeah, well, again, man, I'm, I'm like everyone else. I'm changing narrative. So, <laughs> 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 all right, brother. We'll see you next Tuesday. And hey, folks, thank you for joining us here on Run It Again podcast. 
Be sure and visit runitagainpodcast.com, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. I'm Ron Pitts with the coach, Mike Martz, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure and join us next Tuesday as we take a look at the top NFL receivers. Remember, we're just two old pros trying to make you think a little. Be safe, everyone. Run it again with Ron Pitts and Coach Mike Martz, a Benstown and McVeigh Media Podcast Network's production. Executive produced by Roy Hamilton, producer Ted Woods, and technical engineer is Kevin Horton. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Run It Again Podcast.